Show number 42 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. drum solo. <laughs> that, friends, is the music from the Yorkshire Corn Maze. Yorkmaze. Oh, it's actually yorkmaze.com. It was .co.uk, but it, it oh, okay. That's interesting. And the reason you're listening to it, and you really do have to see this happy little I corn mean, ecstatic, <laughs> hyperactive corn guy whose eyes are bugging out. I might try and put him on the website, on the blog, so people can see how crazy he is. But apparently this is a big maze of corn in Yorkshire that they do every year in a different shape, and people pay money, I think it's like five pounds, to come and go through the corn. Uh Uh-huh. And this year, the corn is... Guess. Just guess. Just guess. Um, Bill's butt? (laughs) The corn is a sex toy. (laughs) That would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not. Um, it's, I'm, actually, I'm, I'm wanting to see if they have a description here. Well, I was going to get, well, tell them what it is while we're looking for well, this Well, stuff. okay, it, uh, it says, I'm just so interested because it says, can you guess the design? And it doesn't actually say. Okay, well, here's what it said on Trek PBS. Okay. A Star Trek-themed corn maze in Yorkshire is breaking records for the tourist attraction. It's reported that the York Maze, which has been redesigned this summer in honor of the 40th mm-hmm. anniversary of Star Trek, used pioneering GPS technology to plot the design of the 32-acre field of maze, mm-hmm. the largest in the world. I have been thinking about a space-themed maze for some time, said designer Tom Piercy. I'm a big fan of Star Trek, and the 40th anniversary gave me the inspiration to use some instantly recognizable images in the design. Now, it doesn't... Tell us what the design is. I know. I'm looking for it, and I'm trying to see where their description. Star Trek Day, it says, Saturday, August 19th. To celebrate the 40th anniversary of Star Trek, we are holding our own convention. Free entry to anyone in costume. (gasps) (laughs) Doesn't say what kind of costume. Does not. And then all it says is more details to follow. Oh, wow. Oh, man. But the the maze opens, like, Mm mid-July. And... If they have a, a, a corn Kirk, corn king, who's corn. Kirk, that's another media Bill can check off his list. Corn. Corn. <laughs> and that puts him on a very short list of celebrities who have corn. Can I just read you this other thing? Absolutely. It says, <clears throat> this is so you can know how big it is, carved out of 1.5 million growing maize plants and covering an area of 15 football pitches, York Maze is thought to be the largest maze in the world. With a different design every year, it is ready to baffle visitors old and new. Navigate your way around the maze, climb the towers, collect the clues, and you may win a prize. Meet the cows that eat the maze and try their <laughs> delicious ice cream. <laughs> So 
this ice cream comes directly out of the cow. So. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> that is really wow. Pretty funny. So, listeners in England who are going to be in England this summer, yeah, hustle your buns on over to the the corn maze. We have got um. One person sort of on the string to maybe go and report back to us what this is like. But, you know, the more the merrier. Oh, and especially go to Star Trek Day. Oh, yeah. Put on your Wear costume. a costume. Come on. How Get in for be? free. Meet these ice cream making cows. And take pictures of all the other people who are wearing costumes who are wandering around the maze. And take pictures of Corn Kirk. Yes. Definitely. That is so awesome. You know what? I bet Bill's there for opening day because he would do it. He would so do it. Then, Mr. Shatner, we have a corn maze in Yorkshire, England, and it's got this Star Trek theme. Would you come over and, and shill for us? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Show him you mean business. Really? <laughs> Go to a corn maze. That's very, awesome. very cool. So we hope you enjoyed that with the dopey music at the beginning. Not we, dopey. We, that was wonderful We music. loved it. We loved it. Okay, so next thing on our list, do you want to do, Let this, me do this or yes. do this? Okay. I have I have two emails that I wanted to read um, from my friend Catherine, who uh, occasionally co-hosts over on the comic show with me, and um, she has sent me various emails telling us how this show has corrupted her. And in fact, the title of this us? particular email says, "You've warped me." New. Um, she says uh, she was doing something on a Saturday afternoon, had some time to watch TV. And, quote, wouldn't you know it, but Star Trek was on G4. God bless its testosterone-laden little heart. It was Obsession, which I hadn't seen in so long that I actually couldn't remember it. In any case, I found myself watching the lighting on Shatner's face and trying to detect any bitchiness from Spock and figure out if the red-shirted ensign died at the end. Shock! He didn't. (laughs) But the funniest moment was a bridge scene in which Chekhov is leaning over, checking something or other out, or possibly pushing some buttons. When he stood up, my eyebrows raised, and I said, Holy schnookies, Pavel, but those are some tight pants. What a tight little butt you have. Not exactly a Shatner reference, but the point is, I now noticed this, and now you have me looking at Star Trek butts. Well, you know what? I'm pretty amazed by that, because Obsession is the episode with the EVE on the bridge that mm-hmm. I think we did a whole show about. Mm-hmm. So the fact that anybody can look at anything else on the bridge yes. during that is amazing So that was great. I was so That's happy. That's also the episode that, that scared that one listener of ours who thought maybe he was gay because he was looking at <laughs> That's right. had a, a heart Yeah, on. refer back to that episode. It's got a whole list of things that will tell you if you're gay or not. Yeah. Um, so then she recently sent me um, an email that says she was at a, um, a con in Philadelphia, and she said she got to see Erica Durant from Smallville speak, so one of the actresses from Smallville. Um, when asked what other TV shows she would love to do befi- besides Smallville, she said, I'd love to do House, just so I could get some incurable disease and have Hugh Laurie be rude to me. And, of course, Boston Legal. Who wouldn't want to work with William Shatner? Well, who? And at this point, there was a great nodding of heads and murmuring approval from the audience. Very cool. I mean, yeah. Who wouldn't want to work with Bill? Yeah. Uh, They're lining up. Totally. They're they're lining up. That's going to be the hot show to guest on. I think so. You know, especially now that Will and Grace has gone off the air and they never had that really good, good guest. So, good emails. Very happy. Keep those emails coming with your Shatner stories and your Star Trek stories and your tight pants stories. We want to know if more people are playing Spot the Shatner with Sky Mall. Yes. Because, I I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to know who else is uh, watching Star Trek on their iPod. 
Yeah, yeah, there must be more people. Because I'm, I'm having a blast. I was I'm telling Lena when we had dinner that I'm, you know, busily involved in getting all the episodes onto my iPod. So I'm going through the list of episodes, deciding what one I should put on next. And, and I realized there are a number of episodes that I don't think I could ever watch alone because <laughs> they're so horrible. And the only way I'll ever get through them is if you are watching them with me. I would be willing to do that. Like the the damn hippies. The damn hippies, yeah. Galileo 7. <laughs> I'm, I'm making the thing. We reach. We reach. <laughs> but the the iPod video continues to amuse and amaze. That is so cool. Yep. I'm going to have to get me one. Now, moving on. Moving right This along. is a news item showed up just today. Just today, so it's very timely. In the New York Times. And... I still do not know why I started reading this article, because I'm not one of those read-every-article people. Well, I'm telling you, because, of course, it's got Star Trek content in it. It has the words Star Trek in it. And, and my but that's like the, the sixth or seventh paragraph. It's not in the headline. But I think now you have developed this Star Trek sense. <sighs> and whenever you're reading something or watching something, there's a part of your brain that's unconsciously just scanning for the words Star Trek. Or Shatner. Yeah. Or butt. I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's there and you're not... But with two Ts. But with two Ts. And you're there and it's not aware of it, but when something is important enough, that subconscious part of your brain, that little part goes, hey, read this. So does this mean that, you know, they say we only use 10% of our brain? Am I now dedicating part of that 10% to this or am I now using 11%? It's 11%. It's a okay. different part of it's your brain. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm more evolved. You are, totally. Or more intelligently designed. Yeah. Depending on what side you fall on, that and and it, and it gets us articles like this, which okay. I am so glad we found it because there's no way we could miss something like this. This the headline is going once, going twice. Eighty-four boxes of mystery props, and it turns out there was an auction, a government auction of things that had been uh, seized by U.S. Customs, um, and among them was a Ferrari and some Persian carpets and blah, 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 blah. And oak doors said to have been offered as bribes to Randy Cunningham, the imprisoned former congressman. Who wouldn't want that? But there was also these boxes of movie props. And nobody... Big ones. Big ones, huge boxes, 84 boxes. Yeah. No one knew what they were, and apparently they don't open these things. They just put them out for auction. And about three days before the auction was going to happen, they got a call... From Paramount Pictures, the designated moron, saying, how do we get our stuff back? And they said, well, you got to come down and pay the storage fees, mm-hmm. which are like a million dollars, because it's been sitting for a year. Oh, well, blah, 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 blah. And so they never came and got them. So this went on auction, and the guy who got it got it for, what was it, $4,700. And here's what he got. The props, uh, Paramount Consumer Products Unit said the props did not belong to the studio, but were part of a globe-trotting Star Trek tour, a kind of traveling museum based on the movie and television shows owned by a licensee whom he declined to name. The museum show, which began a five-year world tour in 1998, included an interior set of the Starship Enterprise, which was identified in press reports at the time as having cost $8.5 million. Sitting in boxes down at the docks for a year. Yes. Now, we think this is the the set and the tour, or at least props and things from that tour, that um, Maynard had told us the set tour, and he went and visited it, and of course, we we totally missed out, and we totally missed out for Mm $4,700 to have this, 
And uh, the guy who got it says he had backers who have amusement parks. And so it sounds like this is something that is going to, I don't know, maybe be at Six Flags where you can go visit it. But, you know, if it's the set... That's unbelievable. And all you have to do is put it back together? So this is t- like Ikea, you know? Uh, for $4,700. So I, I just, as you were reading that, I wanted to see if I could find some information online. So here's something. This is from um, a German website. It's in English. And it says, The Star Trek World Tour took mm-hmm. place in Dusseldorf, Germany from December 5th, 1998 to January 2nd, 1999. So I'm thinking that that's yep. what it is. The exhibition moved to Vienna in 1999 and went to Singapore. Okay, And this is where the boxes yeah. came from. Okay. The main feature was a tour of the U.S. Enterprise uh, 1701D. So it's the D one, not um, the original. So D is Picard? Yeah, or? D is Picard. Several sets of the legendary, and maybe still most popular series, Star Trek Next Generation had been reconstructed for this purpose, including main engineering and the bridge. I mean, that's huge. The World Tour also included an area to meet aliens, a museum with Star Trek props, a merchandising area, a cinema, and a holodeck. A holodeck. Your own holodeck for $4,700. Oh, my God. That's unbelievable. I wonder if it works. That, a working holodeck for $4,700. That would be even yeah. better. So um, why don't, it goes on to say what he's going to do with it. Well, yeah, it sounds like he, he says... Um, he says it's going to cost close to 100000 to move the 84 shipping metal mm-hmm. containers and store the props in a warehouse. And then he says, I have some people with amusement parks. He has still not seen what's inside the containers. I have some connections. But if it's garbage, I'll lose the money. Right after the sale, somebody tried to, to buy the props from him, and the guy said, no, you know, I have these investors. So that's amazing. Amazing. So I guess we'll see. I mean, hopefully it'll pop up on um, the Trek BBS or something when we find out what's in the boxes yeah. and what he's going to do. This is like them. deal or no deal. 84 boxes of Star Trek stuff. They should do a special deal or no deal. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's just, so funny. Just amazing. I, I hope that there is more news on this. I hope And so I'm kind of surprised, you know, I have search engines set up to, to bring me things like this. And this has not shown up, but it was in the New York Times yeah. today, so it'll probably show up in some of those things It was tomorrow. a big article, yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll see if I can, um, because the Times only has stuff for free for a little while, We I might do that link, or it might get archived somewhere else or something, so that you can all read it. But that's amazing. <laughs> Just amazing. <laughs> like I, I, we're saying, what moron could morons. go down there and go, oh, well, we'll claim this stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's not like Paramount doesn't have places to put it. Right. They do have giant warehouses all over Hollywood where they could store it. That was our main comment was Paramount morons. Yes. Just complete and utter morons about this stuff. Yep. <sighs> so what, what What if you open up one of these boxes and what's in it is like the ownership certificate to the rights to Star Trek? Really? <laughs> <laughs> what if it's filled with, you know... William Shatner's toupees or something. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe that he's not going to sell some of it on eBay because he could make a lot of money back. But like, like we were speculating, if it is actually a significant number of props or one of the sets, any of the sets that you could put back together and Mm -hmm. charge admission, it wouldn't be worth selling any of it on eBay. Oh, no, no. Because you could set up your own little Star Trek museum or, you know, get, you know, get one of the amusement parks to, to do it. Like, um... 
what is it, Great America down here in That's Santa right. Clara yeah. has um, Klingons walking around already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they have superheroes up at um, Marine World mm-hmm. and people dress like uh, Wonder Woman. and uh... Paramount just sold off their theme park thing. Oh, really? Yeah, that the all, all the Paramount-based theme parks are now owned by somebody else. Oh, that's interesting. So, anyway... Big, big opportunity for the person. And in the article, it did say he had done his research. And I don't know what kind of research led him to know that these boxes, the labels on the boxes just said things like set 16, set 11. They weren't marked Star Trek valuable. There must have been. Make sure this doesn't get lost. There must have been (laughs) some clue in the. uh, In the description. In the description or the catalog. And the fact that it came from Singapore was probably a tip off. Yeah. Says he had done his homework. On the movie props, he knew that they were connected to Star Trek, and more that one more than one million dollars in fees was owed. Such morons! <laughs> he said he had documents that showed the props had been sent from Singapore and landed in Long Beach on July eighth, two thousand five. Wow! Unbelievable! <sighs> oh well. So that's a story to follow up on. So, do you want to talk about this? I do. <laughs> so, just today, um, we had another little piece of news, and this was a press release. Um, remember that we had talked a couple weeks ago about what um, they were going to do with the money that Bill got from selling his kidney stone to GoldenPalace.com. Did you know that Golden Palace was also the people that bought the x-ray of the duck? Right. <laughs> with the alien And they head? bought the, the, the Virgin Mary cheese, cheese sandwich. sandwich. And, and now they have bought... Something to do with Britney Spears. Oh, really? A, a wedding it. invitation. Oh, they will buy any piece of celebrity crap now. Wow, that's great. So this says, um, on Friday, June 9th, which is today, Habitat for Humanity of Greater Los Angeles and volunteers will build a home for a family in um, Thibodeau, Louisiana. The home is funded by generous donations from William Shatner, GoldenPalace.com, and the fellow cast from ABC's Boston Legal. So, um... It's called the William Shatner Build Event for Operation Home Delivery. (laughs) Um, And they're doing it today till actually it's over now because they were doing it until 5 o'clock. But they were having volunteers come to build these sections of the house and then they were going to ship it out there. Um, The total donation for this was $95,000, which is pretty awesome. So is Bill going to start making bad jokes about he thought he was passing a kidney stone and Mm. it was a house? Probably. (laughs) I, I would say so, yeah. Definitely. So uh, that's pretty awesome. Bill himself, yeah, it was $75,000 from Golden Palace, and uh, Bill and the rest of the cast put an additional $20,000. That's great. This. So that's what, that's what, not William Shatner, because he's in Israel now, or do he, is he He's back? in Israel. Well, I believe he is in Israel. Well, more news that came up today or yesterday. Um, there's some equestrian event in England where they have one of those like every five minutes but it was in the news because some of the royals were going to be there and then at the end of the article it said um and the royals and they weren't even big royals they were Prince Edward and and Sophie his wife um were the royals weren't the only celebrities who were going to be there they said we got a call today from William Shatner's office Uh so Bill may be in England next weekend or whatever wow to uh to see these these horses jumping in that horsey jumping in that way. horsey jumping way. So he probably wasn't there today, but I'm betting some of the other cast of Boston Legal. That would have been pretty good to see Mark Valley banging some wood banging together. Hammer. Banging hammer. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been good. So Bill is everywhere. He is. 
He is. Um, so we want to wrap up this segment with a special surprise. Well, can we do that surprise first? Okay, I'll go over and get that, and then we'll do the other surprise. Okay, so we have two surprises. One is a surprise from me to you. Okay. And it's the second part of your birthday present. My birthday has gone on so your long. And this follows on with the lovely um, Star Trek postcards, what I got for you last time. Okay. And, and I wrapped it in tissue paper because I know how much you like tissue paper. I do, and this is lovely because it's um, it's purple and it's got a red ribbon curly and ribbon, and I love those. And a little, little white. It's, it's, you did a nice job. <laughs> you you have a hidden artistic streak that, that only comes out when it's time to give me birthday gifts like <laughs> lightsaber dildo and... Russell, Russell, well, Russell. I hope you like this. I, I, I think it's a good present. I think it's something you want. Okay. The packaging, by the way, is fabulous once you see it. Okay, it's it's play. <gasps> oh, my goodness. It's the little gem. <laughs> Compact and powerful personal massager with soft flutter action. Oh, look at this. So, listeners will remember, we talked about this a couple shows ago. It's the Enterprise-shaped vibrator from Durex. <sighs> This discreet little massager slips comfortably between your fingers. The soft curved pad, blah, 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 blah. Oh, well, I'm going to open this and okay. we're going to... Um, I don't know if it's going to work right now because with these rechargeable ones, you usually have to charge it up. That's okay. But we could do that while we're watching TV or something. I have no idea how to open it. But doesn't it come in a lovely package? It's it sort is, of this... and it sort of goes along with the purple paper. Yeah. It's a, a, a light lavender pinkish. Yeah, it's this sort of tall... Um, oval-shaped box mm-hmm. that it has... And it's stapled. And it's stapled shut, and uh, it looks like the package is much bigger than the actual object that it contains. <laughs> for some Objects reason. may be larger yes, than they exactly. appear. Now, I want to tell you, it was not the easiest thing getting this, because it's not generally available. I've the, looked for it in a couple drugstores, um, based on what Women's Health had to say. Right. So, I, I looked around, and I did buy it online from eBay. Actually, I think I did buy it on eBay. Is this eBay. used? No, it's not used. <laughs> it, it said that specifically in the description, brand new, like mint in plastic. Okay, <laughs> okay. Has not been opened ever. There. Now, it's real easy to yeah, open once you get your, your staple plug. Oh, it is so cute. Look at that. Look at this. Oh, we're going to have to take a picture with your camera and uh, put it up there. It's just taped. Okay. Oh, it's so cute. Look at it. Oh. What does this say? Clean with a damp cloth or a cleansing wipe. Do not immerse or place under running water. Okay. It's got its own little cute pit purple carrying case. Here's the charger. Here's the instructions. Durex Play. Wow. Hey, this is nice. You want to know how to say um, personal massager in Spanish? Sure. Massageadores person- personales. <laughs> and in French, it's... Can I take this label off that says how to clean it? Yeah, because I think I would figure Ooh, out. Look, it's got eyes. <laughs> I th- those are the controls. I'm sure they are. This is the yeah, part. But it looks like it has eyes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, thank you. You're very welcome. This, oh, we're definitely going to do some exploring with this. Oh, look at And they send us pictures of all their other oh, ones. Oh, that's this. cool. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's the charging part. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure it out. You're uh, you're exploring its personal orifices. <laughs> 
Okay. So what? Yeah, one of those buttons is speed adjustment. Recharging socket four is the vibrating pod. Vibrating pod. That's this pod. Oh, that's this part. It looks like an eraser. Yeah. Shaped body. Well, yeah. Pod. Well. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, goody, goody. So, so I think while we're um, going and, and watching media, we'll plug it in so that we could get it charged. Put the sound up. on there so people can so hear everybody it can like. hear it. Yeah. I love the fact that it's a vibrator that comes with like a 27-page booklet. <laughs> but it's a cute <laughs> booklet because it's the booklet that applies to all their massagers. And it's in three languages. And it's in three languages. This is fantastic. Okay, we have to take a pause and go to another part of the house, and we're going to come back on to do the other surprise. All right. This is so cool. (laughs) Okay, this is a surprise for Lena, and what we are celebrating here is that it's just about a year ago that we did our first podcast. So this is our anniversary celebration. (laughs) Go ahead and open your eyes. Okay. awesome thing ever (laughs) for those of you who can't see it we will post pictures this is a look at his butt ice cream cake this is amazing (laughs) this is so amazing (laughs) i can't believe that they could do this on a cake so it's a little square ice cream cake and it has this amazing picture of mirror universe Kirk, but it's right our Kirk in the mirror universe with mirror Marlena toasting each other, and there's Kirk light all over him. <laughs> he looks so good. And down at the bottom it says, Look at his butt! And up at the top it, it says, says, Happy, Happy anniversary. anniversary! This is the coolest thing ever! <laughs> so, thanks to me, another media, Bill can check <laughs> off his list. He ice cream cake. Ice cream cake. <laughs> Wow, this is great. Thanks for getting this. <laughs> Who else has an ice cream cake with a Star Trek picture on it? What did they, did they like look at you in the store like you were no, fucking No, they, they don't care. <laughs> they don't care at all. And when I was getting the, the picture made up, you know, because I had to take yeah. one of my screen caps and get it printed, they don't care either. So, and this can is, you eat it? That's what I want to know is, is the picture part edible? And it, it sure I, looks it like it. Sure looks like. Are we going to fight over who gets? The <laughs> <laughs> you can have his little. I want the arm right here. <laughs> We're going to have to do some arm. very precision cake slicing really? here. Look at his butt. <laughs> this is so awesome, listeners. I wish you could all be here and have a piece of this cake with but us. But there's not enough for all of you. No, there's enough for us, and that's it. <laughs> wow. Well, happy anniversary to you, too. Happy anniversary to both it's of us. It's been a great year for looking at his butt. It has and been. And there will be many more years of looking at his yeah. butt to come. Well, then we'll have to have more ice cream cake. Definitely. So we're going to take a break. Yeah. Take pictures of the cake and, and have some. And then we're, we're going to watch something We're going to watch some back. stuff. Yeah, that's right. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Talk to us. We would love to hear from you. Leave comments at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. Send email, links, and sound files to lookathisbutt at gmail.com. This entire podcast recorded on an Apple PowerBook using GarageBand. 
This is TSFPN.com, the Sci-Fi Podcast Network. You've found the best podcasts in the universe. Dropped into the show. We are getting such a collection of (laughs) great Shatner movie music. That is such a good one. So now we're going to talk about um, a movie that we have been wanting to see for such a long time. Like one we found out about years ago, I think. And Mm -hmm. it's been really hard to find a copy because I've actually tried to find copies of this through eBay and through other Mm -hmm. places. And nobody seemed to have it. This movie is The Explosive Generation, starring, of course, William William Shatner, Shatner. 1961. Gorgeous. Charm and hotness. Charm and hotness. Oozing. My God. Um, The tagline for this movie is, get this, never has youth gone on such a rampage. Never has a motion picture gone so far in telling their raging story. Yeah. And then the plot outline on IMDb says, high school teacher gets in trouble when he tries to teach a class in sex education. So guess <laughs> guess who Bill played? <laughs> Hint. He wasn't the one who didn't want to talk about sex. No, and he wasn't the printing instructor either. Um, or the dean of or men. Or the dean of men. <laughs> who or, I thought was the drama instructor. Or, or the alcoholic dad. He wasn't any of those guys. Um, let me read one of the reviews at IMDb, because this is actually a good review, and, mm-hmm. and I think it, it summarizes a lot of what we were thinking. Unlike its lurid publicity posters, <clears throat> which show wanton, defiant delinquents, The Explosive Generation is a realistic portrayal of the intergenerational tensions that were starting to change American society in the 1960s. The movie is about teens experiencing adult feelings and fears, looking for guidance in a world that still treats them as children and beginning to demand respect and fight for it. The issues are real, the characters are realistic, and William Shatner's sensitive performance is a treat. And then in parens they say, he really was a good actor before Star Trek turned him into a blowhard. Well, you could just skip that we'll last sentence, because he was part. always a great actor, and, yeah. and always, and still is. Still but, is, of course. Yeah, I was thinking that, for all that we were laughing at so much of the stuff mm-hmm. that, that happened in the movie, and, and the music was cracking us <laughs> up every time it came in, and, and just lots of, of strange things... Really, in a lot of ways, this was like a foreshadowing of what was going to to happen within ten years in this totally. country. You know, it was when funny. they were taken over the school. I was going, oh, wait, wait, <laughs> this is too early for taking really? over the building. All you those know? kids went on to college at Berkeley. That's um, right. That it was. I hadn't realized until we actually looked it up that it was 1961. I thought it was a little bit later than that for oh, some no, reason. No. But um, it was. I said this during the movie that it's very much a 50s, like. 
to the teenagers, shut up, be seen mm-hmm. and not heard, don't question anything, don't make trouble, don't get labeled a troublemaker, just keep your nose down, and don't say anything. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, it's funny because I don't associate Shatner with that era. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always thinking of him in the context of, like, breaking the rules and doing different well, stuff. And, and that's who he was. And that's who he was in this movie. So, and, you know, you know you're in for a treat when you can see the boom mic in the <laughs> opening scene. For, like, 15 <laughs> seconds. It wasn't just a glimpse. It was no. just there. And I figured out why. Why? Because he was exuding so much charm and hotness that the boom mic was just going... I want a little of that. I need to get closer. I think the boom mic operator was standing behind him and was looking at his butt and just <laughs> lost concentration. Jan was operating the boom. <laughs> if I hit him, I'll have to tend his injury. Really? <laughs> so here's the plot. Okay. Uh, it's a it's a high school in... I guess it's supposed to be California because there's kids having a party at a beach at house. At a beach house, Right. Yeah. It looks like Venice. And, and there, the monkey's house was right next door <laughs> to where they were. I, I saw it. And um, this was the same beach house that, I believe, that they used in that TV episode of some drama we saw where Bill played a rising young executive and they killed a girl at the beach house and he had to get rid of the body. There was no car wash scene in this movie. I just have to say that right now. That's all that was missing. And shirtlessness. And shirtlessness. There was no shirtlessness. Okay. So, (laughs) there's these kids. They have a wild party, which um, pretty much means drinking beer and kind of doing the jitterbug. (laughs) <laughs> to some music. And there's a wild girl. A wild girl. Who's because like, she dances with two boys. And she kind of rubs herself all over them. And she dances kind of wild. So we focus on our two couples, um, blonde girl and her boyfriend, and bl- uh, girl with weird fake ponytail and, and her boyfriend. And we must point out, blonde girl was played by Patty McCormick, yes, the bad seed. The bad seed. And... um Weird Ponytail Girl's boyfriend yeah. was played by Bud uh-huh. from Father's, Father, Father Knows Best. Best. Also appearing in this movie, just to give you an idea of the cast involved. So there was <gasps> William Shatner playing the teacher. Oh my God, I just thought of something. What? William Shatner has worked with three of the Andersons. Bud, uh-huh. Princess <laughs> oh, in Metamorphosis, that's right. and Spock's mother. <gasps> that's right. Wow. He was probably in something with a... Uh... Kitten. <laughs> I was thinking of the father. Um, um, What's his Robert name? Robert Young. Marcus Welby. There Marcus you go. Welby. <laughs> MD. That three out of five Anderson. That's so funny. Okay, go ahead. Uh, okay, so William Shatner, Patty McCormack, Billy Gray, Edward Platt <laughs> as the principal. And for those of you who don't know, that is Maxwell Smart's boss. Boss, yes. What was the head of the, what was the organization they were? Chief. With? Well, he was chief. He was, he chief, was chief, chief, but what was the organization? Uh, Chaos was the guys yeah. they were against. Uh, of course, I can't think of it now. Okay. Okay. And um, Bo Bridges, as one of the students who, who I recognized, who was mm-hmm. very, very young. He must have been like 18 or 19 or something. And all the other adults who were in this, you would instantly recognize from other B-movies of the 50s and 60s and from television of that era as well. You'd be like, oh, I've seen them before. They've yeah. been in a million things. Uh, the kids have a wild party. Our two couples have some vague talk about we should stay here for the night. And the two girls decide to lie and say that they're staying at each other's houses. And and so that's it. And then we see the next morning them waking up. Now... This is the whole thing. Till the very end of the movie, you don't find out what happened that night. The girls are acting guilty as hell. Yeah. And from everything we they say, we're going, well, they had sex. And then they start talking, we're going, 
they had a foursome. I mean, there was some weird kinky yeah. shit going on. There it, had to be. It sounded like a foursome to us. That's exactly what we were thinking. And we content. never think inappropriate oh, thoughts no. about sex or of anything. Not. You know? Of course not. So there was that, and then they go to school the next day. They get up and go to school in their party clothes from the night before, stinking of cigarettes and old beer, which must have been so pleasant. <laughs> and they go into Mr. Shatner's class. Wait, wait. we oh, got to talk about um, Janet, Patty McCormick's hair. Okay, in the party scene, it's got this big, huge wave that a surfer would be happy to ride on. Then she wakes up the next morning, and it's all messed up. Uh-huh. Then we see her, and it's absolutely perfect, even though she's riding in the back of a convertible That's right. with the top down. And then when she's talking to her boyfriend, her ponytail starts moving on its <laughs> that own. That was weird. It's got a life of its own. It's pretty spooky. You know what? What? You know what the reason for all that is? I have no idea. Aquanet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> see? William Shatner, Aquanet. Aquanet. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> So they go into Mr. Shatner's class, because I can't remember his Mr. name. Mr. Gifford. Mr. Gifford. I prefer to call him Mr. Shatner. Okay. Or Mr. Shatner. <laughs> Mr. Shatner. I call him white boy. <laughs> and Mr. Shatner is teaching a class. You know, they never say what the class is that he's teaching. It's not sex education. He's not a sex education teacher. They kind of implied it was a homeroom class, which was stupid. Nobody teaches homeroom. No. And we know he teaches at least one English class. Yeah. Because of that comment he made, but um, it, it's, it's something of, like the senior issues class. Yeah, so they're talking about college prep. They did cover like hygiene at some part, and it looks like they're going to talk about other things like responsibilities and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's never really clear what his class is about. Maybe it's ethics or something. I don't know. Um, but he uh, he starts asking them what the real issues are that they face every day, the day to day lives, and they start listing off a bunch of things and. Um, Patty McCormack says that the thing that everybody thinks about all the time is sex. And, no. And, yes. And, and Bill says, I can relate to that. And why don't you and I discuss it privately? <laughs> you can show me that ponytail trick. Right. <laughs> and they're not talking about sex as in hygiene. They're talking about sex as in, uh, what, what does she say? What uh, does a girl have to do? To prove her love or something? Yeah, and how far does a girl have to go just to prove to a guy that she loves him? Right, right. And uh, so, Mr. and Bill tells her second base. No. <laughs> so Mr. Shatner decides that what the kids should do is all write down their questions or comments on papers and turn them into him, and then anonymously, then they'll start talking about them in the next class and get on some Monday. Of these issues on We've Monday. Got a whole weekend. That's right. So get some of these issues out in the open so they can think about them. And it turns out that Patty McCormack wrote down what happened the night before. And the other kids are really upset. And they said, how dare you involve us? See, that's why we thought it was a foursome, because talking about involving, I mean, how else could it be? And the girl with the weird ponytail keeps going, I don't feel well, and and being traumatized, we're going, okay, so she's going to turn out to get pregnant. Immediately. Immediately. Like, you know, she's already having morning sickness. Exactly, the next day. Or else that was like such really, really bad sex that she's sick from it, you know. Maybe they meant to have her being pregnant as a subplot, but it never quite panned out. Because she sort of disappeared from the movie about halfway through, and we never saw her again. Maybe her parents had her killed. No, they (laughs) sent her away to the aunt in Arizona to have the baby. Oh, there you go. Okay. So Worked that one out. That that was good. I'm glad you solved that for me. Because I was wondering about her. Mm Because she and her ponytail just never showed up again after her Nazi parents (gasps) imprisoned her in her room. She found out she was pregnant, and she hung herself 
by her the ponytail. ponytail. There okay. you go. Her ponytail was so weird and fake looking. I thought she had gone out to a barn and cut it off a horse's <laughs> tail and like glued it onto her hair. It did not match her own hair. No, in different any color, way. different waviness, different texture. Everything. It was completely fake. Okay. So over the weekend. Over the weekend, I'm trying. To, so somehow uh, the parents find out that they wrote these papers. And they're up in arms because they think that Mr. Shatner was making them do a sex survey or something like that. So immediately they decide that uh, he should be fired. And they go to Ed Platt, the principal, and say, you should fire this man. He's corrupting our children. And uh, being a school principal, as most school principals are, he immediately backs down and says, oh, sure, anything you want. (laughs) I have no morals. I'll fire him. Or or at least make him apologize. Well, and this is the funny thing is the principal is... Principal is trying to to um, to be on both sides of the question because he says to Shatner, "I'm for this as much as you are." And he says to the kids, "I'm for freedom of speech," but and then he says to the parents, "Well, of course, yes, the schools oh, cannot a, do this." What a fucking liar! I mean, <laughs> he just says, he's the principal. principal. He just says anything to agree with anybody. Mm-hmm. So clearly, a man with no moral compass whatsoever. None. No. He'll go far. So he'll sh- go all the way to the head of that secret agency. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Get his own shoe phone with an unlisted number. And the cone of silence. That was my favorite. That's what the I kids all had right? at the end of this movie. So he, he tells Mr. Shatner to apologize, which he does, sort of, in, in a very tense Shatner-esque way, which yes. is pretty good. And he also says that uh, they can never talk about sex in class again and that um, all of the student papers need to be destroyed. So over the weekend, the students get very upset about this and uh, they have a big fight with their parents and decide to protest and... First, they have a little rally outside the school. Now, the interesting thing was they decide to have this rally before school starts. Wait, wait. You're skipping an important step here. What did I miss? Which is that on Monday morning, Shatner comes in and says to the kids, you need to be busy quietly for a few minutes because okay. I have to go to the principal's office. Right. And he tells them that the paper is going to be destroyed. Right, right. I forgot about and, that. Uh, and they say, but you've been teaching us to think for ourselves, blah, blah, blah. So they, they, you know, they pressure him and he caves and, and says, all right, let's talk about, let's start mm-hmm. reading this paper. And the principal comes in. And Hall Shatner on, right? And suspends, suspends him. him, right? I forgot about that part. I'm sorry. That's okay, but it's important. That's, that's true. what sets oh, the kids off. Because, and and of course, I missed the really important part. Was after the kids get all mad about that, they go visit him at his house. Yeah. So we get to see him in his civvies. Yeah. He was wearing jeans that had cuffs, little cuffs. And at some point in this, shoes. we see some some dreamy eyed little girl who follows him around. She's his fan girl. She is. She gets all trembly. And when the other kids are wondering where he is, she knows. She knows. She has tabs on him. She's the one who says, he's in the principal's office and he got suspended. Right. She she just, she knows everything. And then later on she comes and says, well, he left the principal's office and now he's walked out of the school. Yeah. So she knows. She And she's she's so obviously oh, in love she's with so him. In love with the him. cutest thing. It's, she's <laughs> wonderful. And we decided her name is Jan. Yes, because all these girls Because all these girls named Jan. And then, interestingly, she doesn't appear in the morning of the day that they're actually having the protest. Right. And it's because she was at his house, folding his laundry and washing his dishes. And, and sniffing his underwear. And rubbing them against her face. <laughs> oh, oh, Mr. Mr. Gifford. Mr. Gifford. So the students have a little rally, a little 6 a.m. rally before school starts. Oh, but they use the school's printing equipment to print out their 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 giant school protest flyers. Which is, you know, like about 6 by 8. <laughs> and they have a little sock hop outside and kind of 
a very orderly protest by which they all sort of clapped their hands. And I realized they were doing the same cheers they were doing at the beginning yeah, of the basketball game. At the gas so game. it wasn't like, Mr. Gifford, Mr. Gifford, yeah. you know, it was go Cougars, <laughs> go Cougars, or whatever their stupid thing was, you know. Oh. And then they had music and dancing, so it was really a very nice little block party. It was at, at 6 o'clock in the morning before <laughs> school started. Yep. Wow. That was worse than being on strike. But <laughs> I could get up early to not go really, to school. Out, no, this, this is fun. Out there on the picket lines. Um, <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> it is. No, they didn't even have any coffee and donuts. No. So then... Uh, uh, what happens next? Oh, the police get called and the head because of the, the kids won't go into school. Right, kids won't go into school. Ed Platt gets really pissed off. He calls the police, and it's um, the chief of police is um, the Maytag repairman. <laughs> okay, but wait, the the students' plan was they wouldn't go into school until Mr. Gifford went in and got yeah. rehired. So Bill shows up driving his jalopy. Oh, oh with the hat, the hat. <laughs> Oh, it was a Tyrolean nightmare of a hat. And it looked really bad on him. We have said before, Bill Bill is not a hat guy. No. Really. No. And this looked just as bad on his head as any hat he's ever worn. (laughs) So he goes in and talks to Chief. (laughs) And uh, I don't know what they decide. Nothing. Nothing? Nothing happens. Okay. He goes back out. Well, Ed Platt says to him, go and make them come into the school. Oh, yeah. And Bill says, well, I can't do that. You know, they're thinking for themselves now. And so that's when the chief calls the police, whose name, the the name of the Maytag? It's Jesse White, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But you know what his character name is? What? Maureen. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) You're right. You're absolutely right about that. So he calls Maureen, and he comes right (laughs) out. With the other cops, and, uh, you know. And they threaten to turn the hoses on them. Yeah. <laughs> That's the weird thing about this movie, is that there's always this implied violence, and we never quite find out what the violence is going to be, except where they said they're going to turn the fire hoses. Like, And we're sitting here going, <laughs> so, you know, hand him a flower, lay down uh, in the street, you know, a little Tiananmen Square here, yeah, do something, you know. disobedience. And, and Platt several times is like, that's their last chance, as if he's going to lock the doors to the school and gas them or something, you know? So rather than be arrested or hosed, yes. the kids decide they have a secret meeting. And they pass the word, just the way students pass the word, you know, on the student, secret student hotline. Because yeah. they didn't have cell phones or Blackberries or anything right. back then. And so they go into school, and none of them will talk. Right. They go to class. And, and they, they'll write. And they'll write. And they'll stand up when they're called on, but they won't say anything. Yeah. And this tactic drives everybody insane! Within 10 Seconds. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Just can't handle it. So the uh, principal calls in the drama instructor who likes to think he's the dean of men. <laughs> but he's super gay and he's played by someone named Peter Virgo. Give me a break. Pete the Virgin. So Virgin Pete... Um, he tells him, okay, now I'm turning it over to you. You're a dean of men. He's like, Whoa. He says, well, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> he says, well, I guess I'll call off the basketball game. And <laughs> he says it just like that. And the chief goes, wait, they can't stay silent at a basketball game. Right. <laughs> this is their big counter plan. So they have the basketball game. The other side is cheering and everything. And... The Shatner side is all just sitting Silent. there. They don't even wave their hands. Nope, they just sit there. They do move their heads back and forth, though, like it's a tennis match or a ping pong mm-hmm. game. 
And then at some point, they pass out to the opposing team's supporters, the kids from Jefferson High, yeah. little flyers that apparently have instructions on it that said, don't say anything. And then those kids fall silent. So we got to watch this silent basketball game mm-hmm. where not even the players' feet running on the court made noise. That was a little weird. But it had the fabulous bongos. Through the whole thing. So a silent basketball game played to bongo music. <laughs> it was basketball game of the damned. It was really weird. Um, let's see. So that was that was the game. Oh, look. Peter Virgo was in Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. I'm just trying to find out something that people could like <laughs> know, him from. know him from. He was in The Odd Couple? He was in everything on TV. Wow. But anyway, so the, the because they've been so good about being silent and everything, the principal calls the head kid to his office right. to explain right. it. Boyfriend of, of Patty McCormick. Right. And the head kid has written out the First Amendment but changed it so it applies to schools. Right. So it's it's a manifesto. It's their communist manifesto. Written in red Kool-Aid. Yes. And meanwhile, Patty McCormick has gone home... <laughs> And read her essay to her mother, which basically says, we were too scared and guilty and nothing happened, but, you know, we're treated like babies. So the mother cries and everything, and then they go to school together. So we spent this whole movie, 90 minutes, imagining that there was this filthy foursome, and it turned out they didn't even do anything. But we don't know about what Bud and uh, Ponytail Girl did. That's true, I suppose. Because she went home and hung herself. But... um, So she felt a lot guiltier than yeah. the other one. And so the principal says, well, I would like to sign that. So he signs it. The PTA signs it. Right. Everybody does. So so now they all talk and cheer. And the marching band suddenly comes out doing a conga line. That was really weird. <laughs> Serpentine! <laughs> and then we see at the end that um, Mr. Shatner comes back and is preparing to leave because he thought he had resigned. But it turned out that the kids never handed in his resignation letter. Right. How they got tasked with handing in his resignation? Because when they went out to see him, he said, well, you know what, your yeah. your little protest is great, but, you know, I've written this letter of resignation. They ask him not to send it. Mm-hmm. So he gives it to them and says, send it when you want. And yeah. they never did. Yeah. But, so they give it to Jan, oh, his girl. His girl. To hand to him. And she goes up and hands it to him, like, really shyly. Mm-hmm. And just really cute. And then she backs away from him <laughs> and sort of backs into her chair and stumbles <laughs> and... I loved her. We had to watch that a couple times because it was such an amazing, perfect piece of business. And if it was the actor literally stumbling, I'm so glad they kept it in. It was really good. And the best part is that as she's backing away from Shatner, her eyes are absolutely locked on him. I mean, they were like like eggs in her. (laughs) And we know what her essay was that she wrote. Was I love you, Mr. Gifford. I want to marry you. I want to be your girl and have your babies and blah, blah, blah. And, and fuck. I want to fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So uh, they never turned in the letter and he gets to stay and they're happy the end. Right? Well, and they get to have their sex and discussion. And they get to have their sex discussion or military or religion or whatever. Anything they want Freedom to Freedom of speech. About. Yep. So let's talk about um, Mr. Shatner in this movie. Gorgeous. Charm and hotness. <sighs> He looked great. He looked... I tell you, if he'd been my high school teacher... Oh, my God. I would have had more than perfect attendance. You just know that those girls were all, like, banging him over the summer. Oh. I'm going over to Mr. Gifford's to study. He's helping me with my... Arithmetic. Uh, Something. Something. Let's see. So he was just 30. Oh. 
And his hair looked great. I'm sure it was fake, but it looked great. Um, there was one scene where you could tell it was fake. Yeah, okay. Where you kind of saw it from the back. Okay. It, it looked great. He was thin. He looked really good. Yeah. Except he, for the hat. Except for the horrible Tyrolean <laughs> hat. He did do one scene where he was drinking a cup of coffee, and we saw a little bit of patented Shatner swallow. Only but, a little bit, though. That was great, because you were, like, seeing this bit of business in its germination. Yeah. You know, he hasn't quite gotten it down and i swear to god when the principal was lecturing him on you know now whatever you think education is mm-hmm. we have to toe the line and do what the parents want and we think i swear to god i was waiting for him to give the risk is our business speech he looked like he wanted to give it and he had a speech that had a little a little bit a little bit yeah yeah he was great he he was um the person who wrote that review said that he gave a sensitive performance and i think that's true mm-hmm. and he was pretty low key i have to say just thinking that yeah, yeah. there there was no over the topness there there were the um trademark shatner line deliveries in mm-hmm. several parts when he was speaking pretty quickly and i noticed that he was actually having a lot of fun with some of the props that he had to to do he had mm-hmm. some papers and he was kind of waving them around yeah and, loves props. he loved props and he was having a lot of fun with his props so that that was nice mm-hmm. it was fun to see that uh let's see the fangirl the foursome well there was one part when he confronted um ed platt it was uh Right when Ed Platt came into the room. And we mm. thought for sure there was going to be a fight. Yeah. And I was really wondering which one of them was going to get the Lerpa. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It was that sort of moment. And we decided that we wanted Patty McCormick's mother, who had the the phony Hollywood <laughs> accent, to, to play the, the role of T'Pol and going, whichever one survives the Lerpa <laughs> will go on to the on womb. <laughs> Yeah, that would have been cool, especially if it had, you know, the dun 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 And you know what? What? It's kind of off topic here. Every time that music comes into my head, which it does occasionally now, it's the Scofflaws version. It is not the Star Trek version anymore. I, like I hear this ska band playing it. He's the sexiest fucking skinhead <laughs> in, the in the outer space. In the whole oh, school system. Really? <laughs> so, uh, here's an interesting thing. It, it was a good movie. I mean, it was. It, it, there were silly things about it, uh, but on the whole, it was actually pretty well done. And I have to say, those kid actors were pretty good actors. You know what I was thinking? A movie that's considered a big classic and everything, and I've just never never cared for a bit, is Rebel Without a Cause. Mm-hmm. Because it's so overwrought, mm-hmm. and the kids are so angsty and everything. And I was thinking, in a lot of ways, these were like... Real high they school were. kids. And certainly, you know, I remember going through this of, you know, we're adults or we're close to adults. And, and you know, why are we being mm-hmm. forced to toe this stupid line? And not in this overwrought James Dean way, but just in this, yeah, they're, they're, they're good kids. The one is definitely planning on going mm-hmm. on to college and stuff. But they want to grow up. They do. And the parents, what we see of their parents, they the way that they treat them as children is very offhand. Like... Casual, casually, casual. I want to say, you know, casual ageism. Mm-hmm. That they're they're not consciously saying, "I want to make my seventeen-year-old feel like a child," but they treat them that and way they without them thinking. They yeah. call them children. And there's a scene in which, excuse me, <clears throat> the parent of the main guy, his name is Dan, um, when he comes out and he's all pissed off because the teacher has been uh, 
and the principal has been telling them about all the bad things that are happening, and and Dan doesn't want to let go of Patty McCormick, his girlfriend, and he hits him. Yeah. He just smacks him right across the face. That's fairly shocking. And later he says something about, you know, I didn't enjoy hitting you, but I'll hit you again if that's what it takes to knock some sense into you. Boy. The other thing is, I thought this movie did a really nice and not overboard thing of showing the hypocrisy of the whole thing, because when they found out Shatner was suspended mm-hmm. the the kid whose dad owned the beach house who was a divorced dad or a widowed dad mm-hmm. whatever anyway wasn't married they said well let's go tell him because you know he'll he'll get in and be on our side and they they go to the dad's house in the middle of the day the dad left work because he wasn't feeling well they catch him there with a woman uh-huh and it's, it's not like they hammer it to death and and no none of the kids say well why is it okay for you to have canoodling or whatever with someone you're not married to and and i can't even hold hands with my girlfriend Mm -hmm. it was just there it happened i thought that was good too that was good it was also interesting the number of times that the adults including shatner's character say to the kids you can't win Mm -hmm. they just keep telling them over and over you can't win don't try you'll never get your head out don't let it get on your permanent record You, you can't do anything you can't fight the system it's not worth it don't don't try. And you know what else I thought? Okay, like at the one end of really overwrought, there's rub without a cause. And at the other end of totally unrealistic good relationship mm-hmm. between teacher and students was Room 222. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that oh, one? Oh, yes, yeah. I remember. And I thought, this was right in the middle there. Mm-hmm. And th- in that way, to me, it was more realistic than, than either of those on the outer end of the spectrum. Yeah, I agree. And, and the, the kid, Dan, he has a nice little speech right in the middle of it when his father is saying, you know... I always wanted to be an architect, but I had to quit to, to start working, and I'll never be one. But you've got talent, and, you know, you're going to go to college, so don't screw it up. You know, you're going to, you could mess up your whole life, and it'll go on your permanent record. And, and they were always telling you that yeah, shit. Yeah, and so, and he says, yeah, I'm going to go to college, and yeah, I'm going to be an architect, but I have to stand up for what I believe in. And if I, I can't be a good architect unless I can do what I want and draw what I want and, mm-hmm. and have faith in myself. And... If this is the way I have to do it by getting in trouble, this is the way I'll have to do it. And that was a very well thought out little speech that he gets to have. And he doesn't deliver it in a very angsty and overwrought no. way. Just sort of, this is the way I think about mm-hmm. it. So that was good. Unfortunately, the movie ended like a couple minutes earlier than it should have because Bill was just getting started talking about sex. Yeah, and, and reading you, them papers. You came up with the best... When we were coming up with, okay, what's he going to tell them? Because obviously they're speaking to the expert, and they're <laughs> definitely going to be kissing lessons and everything else. But you came up with the, the quick abbreviated lecture. What Let me I make speak? it easy for you. <laughs> if it starts with do you like and ends with sex, the answer, the answer is, is yes. Because <laughs> you know that was about half of the papers that were in there. <laughs> From the girls. Yes. All from the girls. And probably some Do you like the, pink lipstick or red lipstick? <laughs> and probably some from the guys, too. Yeah. Do you like one girl or do you like two girls? Well, the dean of men, I think, is very, very glad he wasn't <laughs> fired. Because he's changing his name from Peter Virgo to Peter Experienzo. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as he gets a few minutes left. Hey, we had some crotch shots, too. Unfortunately, not of Shatner, but those locker room scenes. Oh, yeah. That was pretty good. The one guy was right out there. And there was a guy in a towel. I was waiting for that yeah. towel to come off. Yeah. That would have been pretty good. Yeah. There was definite horseplay. There was horseplay <laughs> and shenanigans. <laughs> Bill, unfortunately, we didn't get to see hardly... Well, we saw his ankles. 
Yeah. <laughs> he had his pants rolled up, but for the most part, he was wearing suits yes. and suit jackets. Yes. So there wasn't any shirtless. Bill didn't go to the beach house. No, but he sure did look beautiful. Oh, yeah. His profile was looking so and hot. his skin's oh, so gorgeous. Oh, man. It's luminous. Oh, and, and it, long, dark lashes. I, they, they really played up his eyes. The makeup uh, yes. department put, like, a lot of yes. mascara on his yes. eyes. But there was no Kirk great. White, but, you know, I think people in the business were already going, okay, this is a guy that the camera loves. Loves, and loves, loves, loves. Just let him go and get that boom mic down near him, too. <laughs> Don't hit him on the head. Bonk. <laughs> well, so there were a couple of scenes where we were just reminded of, of, of other things. Other things. And one was when the kids in the classroom were, were feeling very um, resentful. <laughs> and all we could think about um, was the kids from Miri. <laughs> Going, bonk, on the head. Grubs. Grubs. And then um, in the big protest scene, which turned into Life of Brian. We so wanted them to start yelling, release Brian! (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we are all individuals. (laughs) Yes. Um, So now the amazing thing about this is, okay, how we got this movie... My sister sent it oh, to me as a birthday gift. Your sister rocks. She She's great. And she's, you know, she's not into Shatner, not like we are. But she sent it to me. And she called me a couple days ago and said, have you watched it? And I said, well, no, because I'm waiting mm-hmm. for Lena so we can watch it together. And uh, she says, well, he looks really hot. <laughs> and I said, you watched it? Yeah, of course. And I said, is it any good? She goes, no. <laughs> but he looks hot, right? Yeah. Okay, good, good. How could she say it's not any good? We had a riot. I I think it's it's actually a, a pretty darn good film. And you know what? Uh, for a film without a car wash, <laughs> it was really good. Oh wait, wait, go back, back. Yeah. So we're look looking, at these posters. Yeah, we're looking at now on Google. I put in explosive generation with uh, the images on Google Images, and uh, we're just looking for some illustrations here. But so there, there were posters There's there, too. There's some posters too. that have multiple images on them, so this is the screen's boldest look at the explosive generation. Let's see if we can find it. Are there any pictures of Bill? Oh, there he is. Yeah. Yeah, I'll put a link up to this thing. And I know where we can get some, some good quality screen caps of this, okay. too, so we'll, we'll have those. That would be good, so people can see how hot he looked, how very hot. Oh, we forgot to mention the best thing in this movie. Uh, what would that be? We got to see Bill's own hand <gasps> write sex, sex. in oh, big letters. That was pretty awesome. At the top of the list. At the top of the list. It was his hand with a piece of chalk writing the word sex. <laughs> i got to tell you a funny story. Oh, please. Kind of off topic, but now whenever I see an actor write on the blackboard, <laughs> I, I think of this. Um, Dick Cavett. Mm-hmm. Um, went to Yale, and one of his classmates was James Franciscus. Oh, really? Yeah. And James Franciscus apparently was an idiot. <laughs> and Dick Cavett had to correct the spelling in the guy's papers and everything, because he, he couldn't spell, he couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And James Franciscus went on to play Mr. Novak. Yeah. And Dick Cavett said he was greatly amused watching this show, because he knew every time Franciscus had to write on the blackboard, they had to call in a stuntman. <laughs> funny and true <laughs> oh that's right it's funny 
that's no, really but Bill cool. did not need a stuntman. No, he knows how to spell he sex. He knows how to spell sex. Oh boy, <laughs> does he know how to spell sex. So we were sort of amusing ourselves too, figuring out how many of the cast members he had slept with. All. All of them. I don't know about Janet's mother though. No. I, I don't think so. No. Yeah. He told her <laughs> he told her he had a headache. Remember at the beginning when he comes down the hall and there's a couple sort of hugging and he breaks them up and he says, later, later. And then he walks off with, with the, the guy. guy. Oh, that was just, I was so expecting him to take that girl and just steer her into a broom closet somewhere. <laughs> but the guy, this was a shocking, shocking movie. And it had two gay black guys. That's true. There were, there were, there was an Asian girl in there too. I this was a, a multiracial high school. Yeah. This, this, uh. This movie was very much ahead of its time. I think so. 1961. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Well, we're going to have to watch that again sometime. Yeah. I enjoyed that. I'm really glad we saw it. I did, too. You know, you come to expect that so many of these movies are going to be bad or just boring. Like, really boring. And this was not boring at all. It was engaging and and interesting and everything. And you're right. I mean, for as much, you know, little fun that we were making of some of the quirky things about it, that was more due to the low-budgetness of it than anything else. So and we, it was pretty obvious, too, that the actors supplied their own costumes. Yes. Because remember the, the dad in the bathrobe? It was strobing like mad. It was. His faux smoking jacket. It was just a really sort of um, lower, upper, middle class robe. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, he's like getting out of bed at noon <laughs> and immediately smoking on a cigarette yeah. and, and, like, drinking a big glass of... Uh, uh, bicarbonate of soda because mm-hmm. he had obviously tied one on the night before yeah. much as the kids did yep at the beach but now. they had to get up and go to school that's right and outrun the cops yeah and there he was just figuring out who he was going to sleep with next his secretary or the woman who came in to buy a new Chevy <laughs> and the woman who came in to buy a new Chevy and ended up going out to his house that scene was so great because she stayed in the background fussing with her hair and then when the kids left she comes walking up to him like she's going to say something. Right, but she And didn't. then the scene ends. And we were so waiting to hear her voice. Because I was convinced that her voice was going to be, So, are we going to fuck? Or what? <laughs> Absolutely. I wanted to hear her talk. <laughs> but she didn't. Because oh. if she talked, they would have had to pay her more. extra. I know, I know. Yeah. Oh, my. Speaking of people with interesting voices, yeah. Lena Lamont... <laughs> Remember when we were talking about singing in the rain and you talked about that pose she's always oh, in? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, you know who else who does that Does that pose if you take away the clutch bag under the arm? Who? Whenever Bill is on the transporter platform, he stands in a debutante slouch. <laughs> That's true, he does. It's sort of that hip forward thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's because he wants his crotch to be, like, right out yeah. there with all the light on it. So yeah, he does that. I think so. Give him a clutch and a big hat. and uh, <laughs> No, no hat, no hat. I'll put up with the clutch bag. He can have a man purse, but no hat. How about a feather boa? No. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, just saying. <laughs> just saying. Okay. <laughs> okay, I think we've finished this have we i think so all right that was great that was great i'm so glad we watched that please thank your sister and tell her she's got fans all over the world now yes so we are going to close with some more fabulous music this music that we're going to play at the end here was actually the music at the very end of it and it's this ridiculously overwrought fanfare but it's very short and it starts out you know jazzy right and then it goes into these weird horns and it's only about 15 seconds long it's a little strange so we'll play that and um 
then we'll be back next time with more news and, and more reviews. And uh, please, if you've seen The Explosive Generation, let us know what you thought about yes. it. Yes. Because I don't think we've, we've ever come across anybody who's actually seen it. So we'd like to know. Is that it? That's it. All right. See you next time. Bye. <laughs>